everybody, welcome to a brand new, uh, sparkling episode of That's Odd. I'm one of your hosts, Johnny Townsend, and with me, uh, as always, is the great, the powerful, the one and only, Chris Chavez. What's up, Chris? What's up, dude? How are you? I'm doing good, doing good. Uh, another day, another uh, History Creeps curse. Possibly <laughs> beaten, or on the verge of being beaten. We we'll, don't want to get ahead of ourselves. We'll see. I'm not even going to announce it yet, until... <laughs> <laughs> like the next episode, and then if it's the deal, then we've beaten a, a part of the curse, which will be great. Yeah, I could have just uh, cursed us by bringing it up. Who knows? <laughs> Add, can you curse a curse? Is that possible? <laughs> I would assume so. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> Don't tell my mom uh, I said that word. <laughs> y'all bleep it out. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Uh, so how I'm, you been, dude? Uh, I've been great. I'm ready for another great episode of that side. I got a I got a really interesting one, and I know yours is going to be amazing. I'm jumping up the bit to hear yours. Oh yeah, mine's uh, mine's going to be. So who's going to go first? Are you going first or am I going first? I'll, I'll go ahead and go first because okay. I think mine takes place well before yours. Sweet, Chris. We're going to go back to the year 1913. Ooh, my favorite this year. Is, <laughs> yeah. uh, this is on the verge of World War One breaking out. So a lot of your. Uh, <clears throat> So the British Navy is the royal the Royal Navy as they call them. Mm-hmm. We're looking for some submarines to kind of complement their fleet. They what they wanted was a large uh, a, a fleet of large, fast, and strong submarines, with the idea being that while uh, the enemy fleet was fighting them, the submarines could kind of go behind them and ambush them, sort of thing. Now, weren't submarines invented during this war? Was it like this is the first time submarines? submarines no, were no, used no, no, no. Sum, uh, the first submarines were, I mean, submarines were even used during the Civil War. Oh, really? Yeah. I did not know that. I thought it was a first, a World War One thing. Or was it tanks? Tanks, a World War One thing. Yeah, tanks, a World War One thing. Yeah. Uh, that's what it is. I just got them confused. But now, they're still, you know, submarines are still very early in their, in their lifespans. So, okay. Though they've gotten, obviously, they've gotten a lot better since, you know, the, the Civil War. But there's still a work in progress. So this is when the Royal Navy decides they're going to put out these submarines, and they're going to call them the K-Class, the letter K, the K-Class. You know, like the uh, the Germans had the U-boats. These would be the K-boats, I guess would be the best way to, yeah. to put it. These would be large and quick ships, uh, steam-powered, which is important. And they would, here's some of the facts on them. They would hold about 59 uh, crew. So there were large submarines. Uh, I, I encourage you to look at pictures of these things. There's pictures you can find of like uh, just people standing next to them, and you wouldn't believe the size of these things. They're humongous. So what? Uh, do, what do you look up? K class. Just look up K class uh, submarine. So put British. Cool. Make sure you put British because I think America had some of those too. Okay. Uh, some of the facts on this on these submarines is that like how fast they would go. On the surface, they could go about 28 miles an hour or 24 knots. Uh, when they were underwater, they could go about 17 miles per hour or about 15 knots. Now, on this K-Class, they originally were going to have 21 boats made. Wow, I'm looking they, at the, Did you see how big they are? Yeah. Yeah, they're humongous. Holy cow. <laughs> I would never have thought these... I, I don't know why. I just I, I never would have thought these were around in World War One. Why do I think we were so archaic back then? It's literally over 100 years ago now, so it yeah. probably seems like it. Yeah. Good Lord, <laughs> so, look at this ship, though. Okay. Yeah. Now, they were going to originally do 21K boats. Uh, 
they actually only ever made 17, and I'm going to go into why here in a second. The K-boats were larger than the previous submarines that they had. Uh, these K-boats are about 325 feet long. But due to their size and the fact that they were steam-powered, it would lead to a lot of control and depth issues. But Chris, you would think, uh, you know, if you have a very new kind of boat to use during wartime, that only good things could happen, right? You would think. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm going to... I'm going to bash that and tell you, I'm going to go through a list of all these different boats in the K-Class, and I'm going to tell you what happened to each one of them. <laughs> go ahead and burst that bubble. Yep. All right. We'll start with the K-2. The K-2 boat, which was, it actually ended up catching on fire on its very first dive. Oof. The K-3, which actually at the very beginning held a record for the max diving depth at that time. It reached 266 feet, uh-huh. which would be great, but then it ended up getting struck in, by another submarine and sank. Oh, oh. Uh, K four. It ran aground on Walney Island. I'm assuming this is over there in England somewhere. I don't know where that island's at, to be honest. Uh, K five. It sank, and this was interesting to me. It sank, and there was no real reason given. What the theory is that it went past its, its max where it could go diving wise, because I mean, there's a certain point where the pressure gets too much. Uh huh. Okay. They don't don't actually know for sure, and everybody on board passed away in that one. Oh, that's not good. I was gonna ask though, like. How does a how do you sink a submarine? Isn't that what it's built to do? Sink. Well, the, the key word there is <laughs> how it's built. <laughs> yeah, I get it. Now that's funny. <laughs> okay, yeah. The K six was actually hit by K four <laughs> at, <laughs> at the Battle of May Island, and then was hit by K seven, oh, which God. ultimately sunk it. I mean, I don't mean to laugh. This is all very bad uh, and, and I know. horrific. But God, are you kidding? Uh, K-7 collided with K-6 and then ended up being ran by K-17 and was ultimately junked. <laughs> oh, man. All right, K-8. I'm actually going to give you a positive one. Uh, K-8 actually had a record at the time for being under the water. It had a record dive time of 3 minutes and 25 seconds. Nice. Uh, K-12, it, it somehow ended up getting trapped at the bottom of uh, Gar- uh, Lock. L-O-C-H, you know, like uh-huh. Scotland. Scotland yeah. has a lot of locks. It's a Scotland lock. Uh, K-13, it sank during just having, you know, uh, the military would do trials for their like battle trials and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It sank during one of its sea trials. The engine room actually flooded. But luckily, it, was, it wasn't it was bad enough. They actually salvaged this to become K-22, and we'll come back to K-22 here in a second. <laughs> <laughs> right, K-14. It leaked before even leaving the dock. Oh, man. <laughs> but later, when I actually fixed it, it was ran by none other than K-22 or K-13, as I originally just told you, uh-huh. and sank. But luckily, both of these subs would end up surviving that. And uh, from what I could tell, nobody actually perished during that part. It was just terrible nice. timing, that kind of thing. Yeah, the K-15, it sunk in Portsmouth. It flooded as it tried to submerge. The story that I got, was uh, some of the things didn't close quick enough as it's trying to come up and ended up flooding the whole thing out. The hatch, like the hatches? Yeah, that's what I understood. I mean, obviously, I don't know submarine talk very well. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, I'm just assuming like when I see shows where there's a submarine, it's always yeah. like completely smooth. It looks like a bullet shape and there's that one little wheel hatch on top. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it yeah. kind of opens up. Somebody forgot you to close think- that. 
Well, they said one of the flaws of the ship was actually how big it was. Oh. It led to way more chances of it leaking in different areas. That's not good. And here's the here's something I always wondered about submarines. Personally, I don't. I mean, I don't like. I don't even like being on a big boat on the ocean. But being in a submarine under the water, oh, God. that seems like the worst place if something bad happens. Yeah, there's. I mean, nothing. how are you going to get out of it? Yeah. Yeah, there's nothing you can do. You're done. Yeah. So the K-16, Chris. Uh oh. Now you remember. Just a minute ago, when I told you that the K-12 got trapped at the bottom of Gerlach in Scotland? Yeah. Well, on the bright side, it had a buddy uh, trapped, <laughs> at, trapped at that same bottom of that same lock, and that buddy was K-16. <laughs> they're lock buddies. Yeah, they're lock buddies. And then, of course, we got the K-17, which ended up somehow going out of control and sank itself. Oh, God. So, around... 250 British sailors would actually lose their lives oh, through all no, these. Oh, that's horrible. So that's terrible. That is horrible. Uh, and, of course, for you know, they decided to end the K project in 1918 for whatever reason. So how many years, like, what was the span of years that all of this happened in? Between 1913 and 1918. So in five years, that was, what, 12, 12 vessels? Somewhere around in there, yeah. Oh, that's – and now my other question was, do you know anything whether about uh, when – 12 and 16 were both stuck it down at the bottom of the lock um were the was it around the same time were they kind of like communicating back and forth to each other per my understanding it happened near the same thing like it all happened pretty much at once oh so now when they're stuck down there is it is it that they just can't come back up like they can't uh re you call it emerging right because submerging is going down so emerge yeah the way that i understood it is you know, just as just as like a boat can get stuck uh-huh. on a reef or something, I bet a submarine can get stuck on the ocean floor. Oh my god! I wonder if there's any kind of documentation of communication between the two. Do you know what I mean? The men and the yeah. two the whole time as they're just waiting out the time that they're gonna die. Because I mean, who's I, I don't even know if I'd want to hear it though. That's got to be just awful. Oh man! Could you even imagine? I mean, that's no. just terrible. That is terrible, man. I wonder if they got saved. Any of those those sailors were saved. Any of those men were saved. And how I do you, tried to find how that, do you, how but do you, it's it's. <laughs> go ahead. I was gonna say, how do you how do you perform that kind of rescue mission underwater from some? You know what I mean? Like, how do you even do that? Well, I would assume it would depend. First of all, how deep the submarine is. Yeah. I mean, you can get at certain depths, and a human body can't can't live at that depth because the pressure is too much. <sighs> so I don't know, but. I mean, some of these, the people did survive, even though the submarine sank. So there's got to be a way that they do it. That's nuts, dude. That's a crazy story. Do you could, do they consider that a curse, a curse of the, the K-Class? They actually ended up calling the K-Class, had a nickname after all this, called the Calamity Cass, the <laughs> class. So, yeah. I was going to say, when you were telling me how they're all just running into each other, I was like picturing Keystone Cop style, but like... Mikhail's Navy, you know what I mean? Yeah. Have some of that, uh, some zany music playing in the background. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh, Maybe if, awesome. if so many people had lost their lives, this would be really hilarious, honestly. Yeah, no <laughs> kidding. That's what I was saying. It feels kind of weird to laugh at some of those points because people died. But yeah, in horrible just, ways. Just the, <laughs> just the, uh, the sheer i don't know just, it's insane the comedy of the uh, the way it sounds like one run you're and you're talking about huge huge vessels run, right just running into each other yeah they were hard to control in the beginning because of how big they were oh I and they're also on top of this you got to remember they're steam powered oh okay 
They weren't. What do they use now? Uh, they don't still use coal. It was coal back in the day, right? Was it used? Did they use coal? What they use? I don't even know anymore. I feel like I know some <laughs> subs use really heavy duty stuff, but I don't nuclear, know what nuclear it's power. Yeah. I wanted you to say that word so I didn't sound dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Nuclear power, I, mean, I think. I mean, yeah. Maybe. I don't know. I sound dumb. Or, I mean, I have no clue about submarines. I, I knew one person that that worked on a submarine, uh, and it was through someone else. It was I knew a girl and her boyfriend was worked on a, su- a nuclear-powered submarine or a nuclear submarine or something like that. Yeah. Meh. I don't know. I've seen them. Like, you know, they'll have them. Uh, uh, when I went to the Outer Banks here in North Carolina, they had some at the dock that you'd actually go up and check out. Oh yeah, I've been in one too. There's one out here on on the outer harbor of Buffalo as well. Yeah, they're really neat. I mean, they're nowhere near as big as those these K class ones. So uh-uh. They don't seem like it, but they're still a decent size, and they are really small. I mean, I'm a big guy, and I couldn't. I was like, "There's no way I'm going in there. I won't get out." <laughs> we went in it, and we went in it with my brother-in-law, and he's like six two, six three. And, yeah. And the way you got to like transfer from room to room sometimes in these hallways is like pushing yourself through a tiny porthole. Yeah. It was pretty funny. Yeah, I don't think people realize how small quarters those are down there. They're really small. Yeah, pretty, pretty, uh, pretty tight. I don't know. I I could not live in that. No, I couldn't handle it. The curse of the K class calamity, James. <laughs> that's just names. <laughs> that's, that's crazy. That's a mouthful. <laughs> so, um, while you're telling this story, uh, the curse struck again. Oh right. Yes, my mouse died. <laughs> i'm like are you serious right now my mouse just died like and it's a brand new battery how's that possible because it's a wireless oh, mouse it's haunted man ghosts oh, need that I'm they need you. that battery power i'm telling you the curse dude so the idea behind the curse uh my story tonight has a is is a curse it's a curse story and i thought i was going to bring up this 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 idea that uh, our listeners are very well aware that we have nicknamed this these things that come up that keep us from recording our history creeps curse because for some reason, every time, almost every single time we've tried to record, something has delayed the the recording process. Um, and so yeah, I don't think I don't think people realize how much we deal with this. <laughs> I mean, it's a ridiculous amount of times to the point where it really legit feels like we're cursed. Like, dude, I record other podcasts and I, there's hardly ever that many delays as we have for this this show. You know, and I'm yeah, talking. Just- it's insane. Like this is just insider baseball for podcasting, but <laughs> like literally, literally my other show, Retro Bliss, I have to go to my buddy's house and set it up myself, and we do it in person, and we have way less issues than we have with this. I know it's it's hilarious. I mean, it's not hilarious. Sometimes it can be kind of frustrating, but it's yeah, it is what it is, and we've accepted it for what it is. And as yeah. as we were talking about it at the top of the show. Uh, we had thought we'd figured something out and it worked out and Hey, we beat the curse and look what happened. It sapped the, uh, the power out of the battery in my, my mouse. Um, there we go. And I say all that to say this, uh, I had had an idea a couple of weeks ago when the curse struck and we had been late because last month we were really, um, behind on a lot of episodes coming out and, uh, I had thrown the idea to you and Carter saying, you know, whenever that happens and we can't get it out in time, I was just going to record a little, maybe 15 minute, like vignette of a curse a curse throughout history a famous curse um do you know any famous curses well there's quite a few of them out there i mean one of them's like uh which one's the curse where the these guys they found a tomb in uh, one of the major tombs 
of uh, Egypt, and that was like a curse thing. A lot of those people died. Yeah, like a king, the King Tut, one of those ones. Yeah, something. And like then that. there's that, and then there's that one where like that. Uh, you got a lot of cursed objects, like that cursed doll that if it, you touch it or do something wrong, it'll something bad will happen to you. That kind of yeah, thing. yeah. Curse of the Hope Diamond. I don't know if you've. Had, I, I, no. I'm a, I'm sure you're aware of this one. Very familiar of this one, the Madden Curse. Yes, yeah, the you know, NFL Madden and curse. And I'm talking yes. about all kinds of curses. That, you know, the yeah. Kennedy curse, the Superman yeah. curse, Poltergeist. There's all these curses that I, are very interesting stories that have happened throughout history. And I thought, why not address them every time the curse rears its ugly head? Um, and in doing so, I had been researching and found one story. And I thought I would share that tonight as part of the that, That's Odd uh, to kind of kick off the, the curses and... The next time a curse comes up will be when uh, anytime a listener sees a curse show up on their playlist uh, <laughs> on a review, they'll know we were supposed to be doing either a regular history creeps or a that's odd and something happened. So, so they're going to have a lot of these. episodes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so tonight, the uh, the story I'm going to bring to you is the curse of the ice mummy. Have you ever heard of this? No, I'm very, very uh, interested in this one. It sounds amazing. It sounds like a great name for like a. Like a Scooby Doo movie. Raggy. Yeah. Okay. So when I first heard, like, I was going through these different, you know, curses through history, and I saw the title, "The Curse of the Ice Mummy." I thought that my thoughts are like where your mind r- goes originally, like the turn of the century when we had those explorers hitting Egypt and hitting, you know. Uh, the yeah. Tibetan mountains and finding all these ancient ruins and these these mummies and pyramids. Um, this happened in like the 90s. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Let's see. That's mind blowing to me. <laughs> I know, right? I'm like, really? We're still finding mummies in the 90s? But I guess we're finding stuff nowadays, 2017. So here's the idea. Here's the story. I came across the story. And when I looked it up, the, one of the things I came across was um, a, a Dutch paper or a German paper that uh, has this, an article about this scientist who died. Um, so what I'll do is I'll, I'll, I'll present this article, and then I'll give you the backstory on how we get to this. Okay. So um, it says, The seventh person, can, the curse of the Iceman linked to scientist's death. This is published on June eleventh, two 2005. Uh, the seventh person connected to the discovery of a prehistoric man found in the alps has died adding to the legend of a curse behind the ancient warrior that a 63 year old man should die of natural causes would normally raise few eyebrows but when that man was a scientist connected to the discovery of a 5300 year old frozen corpse known as Otzi, the ice man and the seventh such person to die within a year talk about a curse is inevitable the U.S.-born molecular archaeologist Tom Loy was found dead in his Brisbane home two weeks ago as he was finalizing a book about Otzi, according to the Australian newspaper. The director of the University of Queensland's Archaeological Sciences Laboratories has suffered from a blood-related condition for about 12 years, members of his family told the paper. The condition was diagnosed shortly after he became involved with the Iceman. So right after he comes in involved in this thing, he contracts this blood disease this weird blood related condition uh lloyd quote didn't believe in the curse a colleague told the australian quote it was just superstition people die that's what he says right yeah so those who are not familiar with the story of otzi is here we go in september of 1991 
a curious discovery was made among the cold, windswept peaks of Italy's Otzel Alps along the border of Italy and Aust Austria. Two German hikers by the name of Helmut and Erika Simon were walking through the picturesque wilderness of a mountain pass enjoying the majestic vistas when they stumbled across a startling and gruesome sight. There, buried within, uh, uh, within ice up to its torso, was a human corpse, frozen solid. A jarring sight out there amongst the otherwise breathtaking splendor of mountain scenery. The startled couple at first thought it was the body of a lost mountain climber and promptly notified authorities. After several failed attempts to extract the mysterious body from the ice due to bad weather, it was finally removed on September 22nd and was found to be wearing several layers of clothing made of a variety of materials, including woven grass, animal skins, uh, and leather, as well as deer hides, uh, deer hide shoes with bearskin soles, which were quite sturdy and clearly designed to be waterproof. The mysterious corpse was also in possession of a flint knife, a well-crafted copper axe, a simple fire starting kit, a maple leaf enveloping several embers, mushrooms with a string uh, through them, dried fungus, berries, a scraper, a drill, a bone awl, A-W-L, I don't know what that is, a bone awl, you know what that is? No, I'm not going to look it up because I don't know what that is either. All right, an unidentified tool made of antlers and an unfinished longbow along with 14 half-finished flint-tip arrows. Um, the body itself, which had been completely mummified in the ice, was determined to be that of a man in his mid-40s and slightly uh, a slight individual around 5 foot 5 inches tall, weighing approximately 110 pounds in life. He had, they, they're, uh, they're figuring he lived between 330, uh, 3,359 BCE and 3105 BCE, making him over 5,000 years old, the oldest known preserved specimen of a human in, the, in Europe. So what ends up happening, and I'm just going to paraphrase the rest, is the authorities come out there um, and realize that this is not just some hiker. You know, this is an older, older specimen. So they come out and they try to pull it out. And it's hard trying to get it out. Weather goes bad. Uh, they try to come back a couple of days later. They end up getting this thing out. It gets sent off to different scientists that, you know, work on this thing. And like the like the. Uh, the guy who died in the paper that they were talking about, he's he was one of the guys working with with uh, trying to figure out blood samples because there i guess there was some blood splatter stuff that they could pick up and they they realized this guy had been wounded somehow and they also picked up blood from another human that wasn't his so they're assuming he was with someone else either in battle or um like together with that person when they had both been hurt and and some of the blood so this guy who died in the paper at the beginning of the story um worked on this there was there was um guides that helped these these guys the scientists go up the hill or up the mountain to to get this thing. There's all these people that got involved in it. As you heard in the, the beginning of the story in that news article, it said that there was seven. This this scientist was the seventh person to die that was connected to the discovery or the working on of this this uh, mummy. Did you figure out what that tool was, by the way? I did. A bone awl is besides also being a metal band, is also a uh, <laughs> a bone. It's which is that's, if you look it up, that's the first thing you see. I had to put. <laughs> more things in to find out what actually is it's actually a uh a really simple tool made back in the day uh it's made out of bone just to help you do other things nice it's a bone tool that's created from bone all right nice so, now <laughs> so like know. a lot of your really early uh humans would use it that kind of thing very cool okay so uh we're going to switch back switch gears back to 2000 uh what was it 2005 when this story took place when the scientist died yeah 2005 
Going back to 2005, the article goes on to say, the rumor of the curse began a year ago when the German tourist who discovered the mummy, Helmut Simon, so now you're talking about in 2004. Um, how many years is that? Uh, 13 years later. Ooh, that's even creepier. Oh, that's number 13? He found it in 91, and now in 2004, the rumor of the curse begins when the German tourist who discovers the mummy, Helmut Simon, 67, fell to his death during a freak blizzard while hiking near the same spot where he saw Oatsy through the ice. That's not good. No. So if he dies, you don't think about it. You don't think about Oatsy, right? You don't think it has anything to do with it, right? Right. How about... Now, if you if you're connected to the guy that just died, and then you die, do you start connecting it to the mummy? Do you, do you start do you start doing like the six degrees of Kevin Bacon kind of a thing? It sort of starts there, doesn't it? I mean, the first the first person to perish or, or have really bad luck, you don't really think about it because that could just be random. Yeah, but then when it starts adding up, these people being connected to it somehow, you really do start to think about it. So Helmut Simon falls to his death during a freak blizzard while he's hiking in the, in a place that he really knows. Uh, he's been there before. That's where he found Otzi. Within an hour of his funeral, the head of the mountain rescue team that was assigned to find him, Dieter Warneck, 45 years old, died of a heart attack. Whoa. Within an hour of the guy's funeral. Yeah, that timing is crazy. Okay, you want to go a couple months later. You're only talking a couple of months later. In April, archaeologist Conrad Spindler, 55, who first inspected the prehistoric corpse, died of complications from multiple sclerosis. Now, okay, he had multiple sclerosis. It's not like he got that because of it. It's just, I think I'm thinking it's weird because it's just a couple of months after these people start yeah. dying. It's like this little link, chain link of people, you know, dying Yeah, timing's, the timing's very suspect. Next, the head of the forensic team examining Otzi, Rainer Hen, 64, died in a car crash on the way to give a lecture about the Iceman. On the way to give a lecture about the actual thing. It's cursed. Yep. That's amazing. Next. I mean, it's bad that he passed away, but it's a, <laughs> I know. You can see where these, incredible. these links start going. Here yeah. you go. The mountaineer who led Hen to the Iceman's body. So the guy that died the, the, in the car crash, Rainier Hen. The mountaineer who led him to the Iceman's body. His name's Kurt Fritz. 52 years old, dies in an avalanche. Here's wow. the thing. You want to hear some weird stuff? He yeah. wasn't on the mountain by himself when this avalanche hits. He was up there with a party of, of hikers. And somehow this stream of, of tumbling snow hit him only. Came down the mountain and hit him. Took him out, buried him, and killed him. So, like, it aimed for him almost. Isn't this? It, no one else in the party was hit is all I'm saying. Yeah. Wow. And the man who filmed Oatsy's removal from the icy mountain grave celebrated Austrian journalist Rainier Holzel, 47, died of a brain tumor. Wow. Wow. Well, I know a certain ice mummy that I'm not going to go near. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, because you can go see it if you want. The article goes on to talk about the scientist who died. Loy was renowned for discovering human blood on the Iceman's clothing and weapons. His work, the subject of a National Geographic documentary in 2002, debunked the theory that Otzi, age 30 to 45, died alone in the mountains after a hunting accident. By revealing four different types of human blood on Otzi's clothing, he surmised that the Stone Age man was hunting with a companion when the pair... Uh, got into a territorial skirmish. 
Fatally wounded, Otzi appears to have leaned against his companion for support. These days, Otzi rests in a refrigerated room at the South Tyrol Archaeological, Archaeological Museum in Bolzano, which that's Italy, which attracts around 300,000 visitors a year and brings in $5 million uh, dollars, uh, in tourism. Wow. But yeah, you can go see him if you'd like. If you're in the area of Bolzano, Italy, uh, you can go by and check out the remains of the ice mummy. But um, I would probably my, me myself. I don't I don't know if I'd, I'd dare to. I don't know if I'd go in there. I don't I don't have the need to do this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, do you believe in curses? I mean, obviously, we know we, we have something that just likes to hinder us when we record this show but in in general before your experience with the history creeps curse were you a believer in curses i've always been one of those where i'm not saying the curse is real but i'm also not going to go out of my way to make sure that people think that i know it's not real does that make sense you're like you're if i see a ladder if i see a ladder even though i don't know if i'll get bad luck walking (laughs) under i'm just not going to test it there's no point to just test it just walk around who cares is do you cringe when glass breaks like a mirror breaks uh, sometimes, but that one's not as bad to me for whatever reasons. Because I've broken a couple mirrors on accident. What about? I was just looking at it and it shattered. Uh, what about the <laughs> uh, the black cat crossing your path type of deal? Does that give you pause? Get it? I like that. I do. I do. <laughs> yeah, it does a little bit. So yeah, isn't that? I have, weird? A, I have a weird. I have a weird history creeps related story to that. Nice. Okay. Uh, I was driving home one day, and this is from work when I was working a long shift. Uh huh. So. I could have been just been really tired, so I'm just going to throw it out there. <laughs> but uh, where I live, it's just like a lot of uh, there's a lot of forest, and there's a lot of trees, and there's a lot of uh, farmland and all that too. I'm out in the country, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, so I saw there's this house that I pass every day. I've never ever known them to have. I don't know the people there, but I've never known them to have any kind of animals there. But they they live on this flat field, pretty much for as far as you can see for a while. Mm-hmm. And I see this cat. Oh, uh, just jumping like a cat would jump, like it's playing around, like it's trying to catch something, yeah, you know? Yeah. And then the closer I get to it in my car, the cat just looks like it disappears into the ground, and I never saw it again. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, it was a black cat, so it kind of freaked me out a little bit. <laughs> that is creepy, dude. Do you ever go by that that pat that field anymore? Or do you still go by it? Yeah, I go by it all the time. I have to. It's on my way home from a lot of places. Oh. <laughs> I've never ever seen a cat there again. Honestly, I haven't. So I don't That's creepy. Yeah, it's really creepy. I could, like I said though, I could have just been really tired. So nice. It's, That's what I'm telling myself. It's funny though <laughs> how you get that reaction uh, when you do see the black hat. It's it's almost like a primal thing. And I don't know if it's yeah. just because you're taught that as at such a young age, you're taught things about bad luck that it ingrains itself and almost becomes a rule of life. You know what I mean? Like there's yeah. still days when I'm walking down a sidewalk that like I start to catch myself to not step on the cracks. Isn't that weird? Like oh, I, I really do. Well, and it's like, don't, don't step on it. I know my mom's not going to snap in half out of nowhere, but, but why would you test it? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> my mom's a great woman. I don't feel like taking that chance. <laughs> exactly. So we say that to say this, you've heard the story of Oatsy. You want to go check them out, do it at your own risk. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, us here at uh, History Creep slash That's All do not uh, condone anybody going to go uh, see that ice mummy. But if you do it, it's on your own uh, time, and we have nothing to do with it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so, we told uh, you not to do it. That's good. I think that's it. That's uh, We're going to put a pin in it now, and uh, we'll return to curses here in the future. I'm sure of it because, um, as I said, the History Creeps curse likes to rear its ugly head 
at the most inopportune times and yes. on a frequency that's akin to I don't know what I was going to say. I was going to try to be funny there and then it just went out the window quick. Well, just so people know, I feel like we have more weeks with the curse than we do without it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so there's going to be a lot of cur- yeah. little mini episodes of curses. I'm going to have to start yeah. making up curses. Yeah. It's just going to be just gonna call it <laughs> just going to be history curse. That's going to be me sitting there just kind of, uh ranting off all kinds of curses and it's just a, a bunch of beeps. Beep 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 beep. Yeah. beep. <laughs> <laughs> all right we're gonna do what we do as always i'm gonna kick it off first here so johnny can take us out at the end uh, as always you guys know i have another podcast uh, as well as history creeps and that's odd i do back issues comic book podcast you can find it on our network bicbp-radio.com where you'll find that one you'll find history creeps you'll find johnny's other podcast that he'll tell you about a couple of new ones getting ready to come out um i've been saying that for a while but it's it, i feel like we have a couple of ones that are finally ready to to uh, leave the docks, leave the home, fly away, and become brand new uh, episodes and shows for you guys to jump into. Um, so those are going to be coming out. Look for it, BICBP-radio.com. Find History Creeps on Facebook. Find us on uh, Instagram. Both of, uh, I believe on Facebook, I believe we're History Creeps Podcast, and on Instagram, it's just at History Creeps. Um, other than that, you can find all of these shows on iTunes and Stitcher. Make sure you subscribe, comment, rate, uh, the better the rating, the easier it is for us to get in other people's ear holes. Johnny, take it away. And it's very important to us. We love being in ear holes. Uh, <laughs> you can find my other podcast on this very same network. It's called Retro Blist. I do it with my buddy Trevor. We talk about old school video games, your Nintendos to your uh, Sega Genesis, etc., etc. And we have a good time doing it. It's also on iTunes and Stitcher. Please rate, review, and subscribe. Also, I am an artist. You can find my work at Johnnyism28 on Instagram. Uh, come uh, buy some art for me. That'd be great. That's how I pay for things, and I like paying for things. <laughs> uh, I'm Johnny Townsend, and for Chris Chavez, thanks for listening to us, and as always, everybody, stay odd. Stay odd.